is up la football network will decker your host live from pac-12 media day i got my guy to my left ryan dyrude founder of lafb and special guest of the show my pac-12 brethren we worked in the back room editing highlights that's right, for that's right. 12 hours a day living the dream at pac-12 my guy former stanford defensive tackle mr jordan watkins and that was Wadi, what's good, bro? It's great to see no, you. What's going on? I'm so happy that we had this chance to catch up. I know we were texting a little, uh, you know, a few days ago. Like, hey, you gonna be down there and and you know see if we could catch up? But uh, no, this has been awesome. And like you said, it's, it's a lot different being here versus being up in in you know the studio for a 12 day, 12 hour day, just cutting B rolls and stuff for it. Right? It's, it's kind of cool being out here in in the, in the moment. Bro. Was it was it 12 hours? Bo likes to exaggerate things a little bit. Like I think yeah. our, our so <laughs> it was. We kept hours. getting in later last night every time. So yeah. the funny thing is, it was actually that's shortcutting it sometimes. Like wow, you get in it was long like, days, dude. Yeah. yeah, like you get in maybe around like what nine or ten. You're not leaving until after midnight. So. Wow. Yeah, yeah, there's some days. Long, long days, man, back in the Pac-12 days. But this is this is your first Pac-12 media day, right? Yeah, first one. First Pac-12 media day for my guy, Wadi. We were out here last year in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. so this will be our second one. Always a great event. You second kinda, and last, apparently. Second and last for us. <laughs> for yeah. us. Yeah. We'll be heading the Big Ten after this, so a lot more to look forward to with that. But being the last one, it's a very special one. You know what I sure. mean? And you just kind of feel the spirit of some of the universities. Like, I went to a Pac-12 school at Arizona State. You know, I've gotten to meet the coach of ASU, Kenny Dillingham, uh, seeing all the different coaches. We just had lunch with Dan Lanning today, University nice. of Oregon. You just have cool experiences that you can't really get anywhere else. How has the first Pac-12 media day been for you? Oh, no, this has been great. Uh, you know, obviously, it's been a lot of time with the Stanford people out here. But, you know, like you said, interacting with a little bit of everybody. You know, I ran into to Dan Lanning yesterday and told him, like, yeah, you know, I remember you from your time at Georgia. So that's, that's where I'm from, right outside Atlanta. And even when I saw him today, you know, he was coming up from, from the main stage and just, you know, jokingly, I asked him, I was like, there's no Waffle House in, in Oregon. So, like, <laughs> what are you doing to, to, to get over that, right? Um, like, I was just at home for a week, and I think I had Waffle House four times. Waffle so, House. Uh, yeah, like, game it's, changer. it's the spot, you know. Yeah. So, you know, just, like, joking with him about stuff like that, you know, meeting all other different people in the media. Like, this is it's, – it's been a bunch of fun. It's been super cool, man. And you just, I, I met Bruce Feldman today yeah. for college football. You just meet people, you know, you look for on Twitter, just different scenarios mm-hmm. like that. Uh, let's take it to the top. The first team we got to meet with today was Utah. Kyle Whittingham came out, Cam Rising, you know, the two-time defending champs within the Pac-12 as a whole. They look like they're reloading again. Cam Rising ahead of schedule on the injury. Where do you guys have them finishing in the Pac? Because until someone dethrones them, they're kind of the de facto team. I know USC, you know, finished the mm-hmm. preseason poll as number one, but Utah, until I see it, Utah still owns the uh, the heir to the throne, if you will. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Coach Whittingham's program that I have been so amazed with ever since I've been involved with the Pac-12, you know, basically since 2012, the consistency. Yeah. And in terms of, like, their approach, right? You know, every single school or program, you look around the country, not even just in the Pac-12, you switched up. 
your offensive style, your defensive style, things like that. But their attention to detail and their sense of physicality. You know, we always used to say, you know, back when I was playing at Stanford, there's one other team in that conference that could match our physicality. You know, mm -hmm. and that's when we were running the ball 40, 50 times a game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was Utah. So the fact that they still are like that, you know, that's, you know, 11 years now later down the road, it's incredible to, incredible to me. And I feel like at the end of the day, I'm always going to pick a team that I know can be consistent. I know what product they're going to put in on a week-to-week -week basis. So, yeah, I'm with you on that in terms of uh, I'd have to go with them too until I'm, I'm proven otherwise. Until we're proven otherwise. What do you think about the Utes? Whittingham, classically, you know, understated, nah. comes in here. Just a very high vibe wore a jacket guy. today. Wore a, wore a nice looking yeah. jacket today. Looking was kind fresh. of mingling with us, you know, said what's up in the, the food line here. What do you think about Utah coming into next year? Because SC, two tough losses to them last yeah. year when they had a, you know, a sizable lead in that. I can't put USC over them until they get over that hump, until I'm, I see it. I honestly and this is all preseason speculation, but I only have SC in front of them because they play them in Los Angeles. If it was in yeah. Utah again, mm. I think it'd be a different story because they are so good at home. Their home versus away record, they're almost 500 on the road, and they're basically unbeaten at Rice-Eccles out in Salt Lake City. So, But such a phenomenal program, just what they're able to do. And, um, you know, we joke about all the time, like if you're scripting a football coach for a movie, that's Kyle Whittingham. Absolutely. Like he just looks like he's on Friday Night Lights and loves it and gets in and gets out, but super friendly guy. And But I, I still think they're for sure, I think, a top three or four team in, the, in this conference. Yeah. And um, what's been kind of their Achilles heel, and maybe you guys could probably correct me more, but I feel like they just always start slow. Yeah. And it, whether it be an out-of-conference yeah. game, the loss yeah. to Florida last year, or two years ago with kind of the quarterback waffering and then they end up going to Cam Rising, if they could start quick how they finish, I mean, they could be in the college football playoff almost every single year. So it's going to be how they start. If they start strong, then they're a top one or two team. But if they do that slow start again, then we'll kind of see them in that three or four range. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. A lot of weapons. Micah Pittman, you know, famously transferring there yeah. from Florida State. Devon Velli coming back. Jaquindon Jackson was kind of the wild card for them. A converted quarterback that transferred from LSU to Utah that is now a running back and lit it up last year, 6.8 yards per carry. Let's get to the second team we saw and the team that is heavily favored. We just mentioned them. USC and this guy is our USC guy he, he covers them he gets to go to the home games I want to hear your opinion on what you saw from Lincoln Riley Caleb Williams today you know spoke to the media defending Heisman Trophy winner one of the most loaded transfer portal teams in the nation arguably number one is this team finally in a place where you think they can start competing for national championships again yeah I mean we talk about it all the time on our show and obviously we talk about it with the network and a ton of excitement around this program you can tell you know, Lincoln and Coach Riley has a lot of confidence. I think there's a lot of coaches, not a lot of coaches, but every coach, depending how you ask them, they'll kind of give you the coach's answer. But then you can tell in their demeanor, like how convicted they are in that answer. And you can tell he feels about his front seven is 100 times better this year than it was last year. The offensive line is going to retool, which a lot of people maybe haven't seen the, I guess, transfers coming out on that side. But I think he feels confident in that. Obviously, the weapons are, I mean, maybe one of the deepest running back rooms and receiver rooms in the entire conference. Yeah. And when you have, you know, Caleb throwing the ball, it, it certainly helps. So um, I think a lot of confidence, but I, I liked his honesty and someone asking him about, you know, is there a little bit of melancholy about you yeah. know, leaving the Pac-12? Yeah. And you figured he'd say, eh, like, kind of beat around the bush, but we're excited. But he was, like, very honest, like, yeah, there is. Like, we know this is the last time we're going to play some of these programs. We know the history. Does it give us a little added edge? Yes, it does, because we want to go out on top and, and leave this – 
conference with the legacy of being the last Pac-12 champs. And, and so I really appreciate that honesty from them. And, you know, obviously still saying we're excited about the Big Ten and, and stuff like that. But, you know, just a lot of excitement around the program and, you know, and, and Caleb, and then we'll toss it over. But, um, and Mason, first of all, Mason Cobb is just going to eat people. That he guy. looks fantastic. <laughs> he is like, yeah. I was saw him in the food line too. And I was like, going to go say hi. I'm like, eh, I'm going to let him eat his food first. I don't want to get in the way there. I'm a pretty small Not human when he's being. hungry, right? Yeah, I'm yeah, a pretty yeah. small human don't, being. Don't Let's get him go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't mess with big people when they're hungry. Um, but yeah, I mean, so good. And he's just me. the miss one of many missing pieces the defense had last year, but I think he'll fit in perfectly. And I remember talking to Lincoln after the spring game and him saying like, if you can get yourself a Mason Cobb, you're a better football team. Like he was just glowing yeah. about him. And, and then in terms of Caleb, you know, you can kind of tell he's getting sick of the media hustle. You know, he's, he's yeah. been the spotlight of college football now for a year and a half. And right. you can kind of tell he's like, let's just do my thing and get out of here. But you know, I don't think it's going to affect his play by any means. No, but arguably I was thinking back the, he is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen as a fan of the PAC 12, just what he has from top to bottom in terms of talent. We talked about the transfers, Bear Alexander coming in, uh, Anthony Lucas coming from Texas yep. A&M. You just have guys on guys, Marshawn Lloyd coming from South Carolina. Do you feel like all the pieces are in place? Because last year was supposed to be the year that they were trying to feel out the process. And they were essentially a game away from making the college football playoff. Is it national championship or bust for USC this year? Well, I feel like the standard's been set, yep. right? And it's like you said, year one, whenever you can make a big change in year one like that and of course like there's another school that did that we'll talk about a little bit later right with Oregon when you set that standard year one it, it's kind of hard not to especially at a place like USC and you know I think you know going back to last year I mean you talk about deep skill group then too right you know obviously Travis Dye comes in from Oregon Austin Jones comes in from Stanford Jordan Addison from Pitt like you had all these weapons all over last year too but you know it's like you said you talk about the front seven and the offensive line you know I think that was the big missing part for USC. I know they've really addressed it. And I really do think that, you know, especially with someone like Mason Cobb coming in from Oklahoma State, yeah. if you can continue to turn people over the way they did last year, you know, one of the best turnover defenses in the mm -hmm. country. Um, and then also like do have a consistent defense with that as well, instead of like helping the turnover bails you out, then yeah, you're absolutely talking about national championship aspirations. Got some toughness, man. One question before we move on. Since sure. you are a Stanford alum, and I never like comparing players specifically and obviously very different skill sets, but Andrew Luck, one of the greatest college yeah. QBs we've seen at Stanford, Caleb now being touted as like generational talentless. In your opinion, is it, I know my answer, but is it worth it to you? Let's keep it on Stanford. Sure. New head Let's coach, Troy Taylor in there today. How do you like the new coach? How is the alumni adjusting to the new coach? Sacramento State, we've had David Shaw there for close to a decade, yeah. you know, about a decade, honestly. So talk to me about Taylor and how you guys are feeling about the hire. Yeah, honestly, you know, I, I, uh, even before today, I had a chance to talk to Coach Taylor a couple of times. And every single time I, I leave a conversation with him, I leave it more excited. And, you know, you think, too, about this. Everywhere he's been, at least when he's leading a program, he's turned it around. You know, even going back to the high school level, he was at Folsom High School up in, you know, Sacramento area. They weren't really that good. He turns them into a powerhouse. You go to Sacramento State you know, on the on the FCS level, same thing. They're not really thought of that much as, like, this big-time program. Coach Taylor is in there, and, you know, they're in the one C going in the FCS playoffs. Uh, also, I think one thing I'm excited about, too, is just the – it's going to be a completely different style of game, yeah. especially on the offensive side. You know, everyone – no, Stanford, we've always wanted to be that ground and pound, you know, think of the power football days, you know, bring down that, that play clock. But now it's going to be a lot of up-tempo, no huddle, 
Uh, some people refer to his offense as a you know a receiver's dream, yeah. which is you know that's going to be something different. Uh, and then also, I'm excited to see how he's going to use guys like EJ Smith, who can be you know he's a running back by position, but you know, we see the the theme in football. You don't really you're not really just a running back. You're an offensive weapon where you can line up in the slot, line up outside, or you're in the backfield. So, no, I'm really excited to see, you know, how things are going to come, how he sets the foundation this year for then, you know, once he gets his classes coming in, you know, how, how's that all going to look? Yeah, and Humphreys, I mean, we saw his answer. He looked like a kid on Christmas yeah. morning as a wide receiver for Stanford just mm -hmm. going, hey, this is the offense. It's a dream for me. Like, yeah. I am going to get the ball. I'm going to get it in space. I'm going to be able to make plays. You couple that with Benjamin Urosic coming back, yeah. who I think isn't being talked about enough, one of the better tight ends within Absolutely. the Pac-12. Stanford, I mean, we got to come to you for those responses, man. So love talking about the Cardinal. Uh, let's shift it to some of the other teams. Oregon, Washington. These yeah. are, you know, kind of the other contenders near the top if we're talking about big-time teams and players. Washington, to me, I think may have a little bit of an edge over Oregon because you got Penix and then you got the weapons on top yes. of that. McMillan and Odunzi, that's probably the best wide receiver duo in the entire country. And you pair that with they've probably got the best edge rusher in the entire conference and Braylon Trice. This team has it all. Kalen DeBoer is such an underrated coach. Give me your guys' thoughts on Washington. I'll start with you this time. Penix Jr., can he take Washington to the top? I mean, he was probably the biggest Heisman snub last year, or finalist snub yeah, last year I anyway. Agree. But led the nation in passing, and, you know, they won nine or ten games, and somehow it wasn't a finalist. But, um, I mean, the kid can flat-out play. Um, you talk about great transfers that – our teams we cover, UCLA and USC, have gotten. Penix might be the best of all of them at this point, mm. outside of Caleb Williams. And and so, tons of talent, and I, I think Kalen DeBoer, what he's built in such a quick time. Kind of similar, I mean, Lincoln Riley had the pedigree, obviously, but I, Kalen DeBoer, the, how quickly he turned that program back around was, I think, I don't think anyone expected it to be that quick. So, absolutely, I think they're a, a true contender, and, and when you have you know that quarterback back there and that coach, I think they can do a lot of damage. There's a case that they got four of maybe the best seven players, eight players in the entire conference coming yeah. back, so it's big. What do you think about the Dubs? You know, I, I kind of put them and Oregon, I know we'll get to them in a second, I put them in a similar theme mm -hmm. as I do USC. Again, yep. it's like offensively, we know what you're about, we know what you have, we know what you're bringing back. What can you do on the defensive side of the ball to consistently get things going? Uh, you know, obviously, you know, Will, I was talking to you about this earlier. The, the whole shot throw that I saw – uh, Michael Penix make oh, against yeah. Oregon. Oh yeah, you know, opposite hash. You're throwing yeah. into the into that cover two hole. First off, not many people would even think about trying to make that throw, let alone mm -hmm. put it on the money like that, right? Then that was one of like maybe what five or six big time throws he made in that game. So you know, offensively, I mean, they're going to be exciting. And of course, you know, home field advantage. Good luck finding five maybe better, uh, you know, louder crowds than what goes on up there at Mont Lake. So yeah. Um, no, I, you know, I think that it's going to be interesting. Like you said, he led the uh, Penix led the country in passing last year. And yeah. I think a lot of people kind of forgot how good he was because, remember, he had the injuries at Indiana. Mm -hmm. But before that, it was like, okay, he's helping Indiana kind of get back they on, the, pretty on good, the map yeah. up there. Yeah, so. They had that one year. Man. Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, he reminded everyone about that last year. So now it's really going to be a lot of eyes on him. And correct me if I'm wrong, this was an old tale back at Pac-12. I think all the people were asking you, like, what was the best place to play at? What was your favorite place to play? Yeah. You said UW was your favorite place to play at. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I thought it was just awesome. Uh, it's beautiful. You know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful. You're right there on the, on the water. People sailgating. You know, that was like <laughs> sailgating. That was yeah. like the first time I ever heard that phrase, right, <laughs> yeah. was when I, when I went up there. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, you know, the crowd's on you. They have it, like, built straight up. Sound bounces down, so it's super loud. 
Um, no, it was incredible. Uh, so yeah, that was up there. Oregon State was like my sneaky pick. Yeah, you know, a lot, not a lot okay. of people talk about Reeser and how yeah. loud that can get too. But uh, no, Husky Stadium is is an awesome place to see a game. I think that's a good segue into Oregon State. That was our sleeper from last year. We went to Pac-12 mm-hmm. Media Day. We saw Jonathan Smith. I'm like, this is better than a six-win team. We'll see what yeah. happens. I didn't know if it was going to be 10 wins and him beating a Florida and a Vegas Bowl type mm-hmm. of situation. Yeah. But this team is legit, and they added former five-star quarterback Clemson guy DJU. But he may not even be the starter, which is crazy. Aiden Childs, this freshman quarterback they had, is getting rave reviews out of camp where it's mm. going to make it a competition of sorts where DJU may not have the long leash that we think he may have. Losing some talent at wide receiver, defense is coming back. You want, you told me before this you want to see how the running game kind of adapts. Yep. I'm all in on Oregon State. I think Jonathan Smith is one of the most underrated coaches mm-hmm. in the entire country. I said about DeBoer, Jonathan Smith deserves some SEC love if he gets t- yeah. back-to-back 10-win seasons at Oregon sure, State. Sure. Come on. I'll yeah. start with you on this. What do you think about the uh, the Beavers, man? Yeah, no, I mean, it's always fun to see any program that, you know, they start from one level and then you see over time. One, I think it's awesome when you see a, a university stick with somebody mm-hmm. and let them build and have time to build, you know, what what they can build, which and, and you see Oregon State, they're getting rewarded for it, right? I mean, talk about the 10-1 season, you beat Florida. Got uh, the renovations coming into research yeah, this year. Man. That that beautiful great. looking stadium. Yeah, yeah, it looks amazing. It was loud so. with thirty thousand fans. Imagine it now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, and man. that chainsaw going every third down. Yeah. You know, oh, that yeah. still Pesky rings chainsaw. in my head from when we played yeah. up there. <laughs> uh, but no, I tell you what, it's um, I told you, whenever you can see a team where you can consistently know what they're going to give you a week in, week out basis, mm-hmm. it's it's so hard to uh, to count them out. And you know that's what Oregon State now has become. And yeah, like we'll see what happens with this quarterback situation because, you know, a lot of people they might remember DJ. Remember he was on um, QB One on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Because he he replaced yeah, Bosco. Uh, yeah, yeah John Bosco. Bosco. Yeah. So uh, you know, ever since then, I know he's had you know big, big shoes to fill. You know, it didn't work out as he would have wanted at Clemson. But sometimes all you need is that fresh start. So who knows what will happen. We're rooting for the kid. What yeah. do you think about, uh, you know, Oregon State coming in this year? Do you think nine and ten wins is in the ballpark once again for the Beavers? Yeah, totally. Uh, I, I think it'll be interesting to see, like you mentioned, how the QB position irons out. But that's not a bad thing if he loses the job. I think that just shows how much talent yeah. the young kid has. Um, you know, it's what's a bummer for that program is it's just going to be so hard for them to hang on to Jonathan Smith for a long time. You hope he stays. Yeah. He's, but you can't blame him for taking a big-name job, which he's going to get probably if he has another successful season. But just so well-coached. Anyone, Any team that's that well-coached and you've watched them build that foundation, as you mentioned, year over year, and just every year get a little bit better, a little bit better, and you're like, all right, this is the year they're going to break out. Last year was that year, and now I just think they ride that. And, and they're my, like, Pac-12 pick not to win it but to be in the championship sure. wow yeah beavers i could see it yeah, man definitely. if dju hits like i think we can like i think there's a good chance he could be in the back 12 championship let's pivot to the oregon ducks man oregon ducks bo nicks coming back speaking of heisman snubs right there bo yeah. nicks really yeah. solid year i mean we remember as ucla fans that covered him absolutely destroyed us in that game five touchdowns <laughs> zero interceptions could not stop him unbelievable <laughs> could not stop and him. it was like it was watching like an iteration of tim tebow because he had 28 touchdowns 14 rushing touchdowns yeah. and the way they used him in the red zone last year where they just rushed the ball to him it was like a right-handed tebow which was very fun to watch he's got a better deep ball better touch in my opinion sure but i think that's why nfl draft scouts are back in on because he's got that little mobility that all these quarterbacks had maybe he's not you know your lamar jackson out there but he can move the ball on his legs Give me your thoughts on the Ducks heading into this year. Yeah, well, I think all the 
the you can call them old heads, haters, whatever, the people that don't like the transfer portal, seeing Michael Penix Jr., seeing Bo Nix, mm-hmm. seeing DJU, hopefully, it's what makes the transfer portal great because yeah. these guys found a new home, found a new system, found kind of a new family, if you will, and absolutely resurrected their careers. And, you know, he's probably, if he has a year at least on par of last year, will be probably a, a top draft pick. Um, but, I mean, Dan Lanning, I think, in a way surprised me as a first-year coach. I thought, obviously, a lot of talent in Oregon, a lot of hype no matter what. But um, outside of some poor end-of-game decision-making, I thought coached very well. You hope in year two he kind of buttons that up. I'm thinking, correct me if I'm wrong, the Oregon-Washington game, there was like a flub decision yeah, kind of there that kind of cost yeah. in. Yeah. So, I mean, if he can kind of get that right, and obviously losing Dellingham is a big loss, but if they can that kind of – a big one stay the course I mean they're always year in and year out going to be one of the top pack teams and that's an underrated storyline you know Dillingham leaving he kind of you know played the role of resurrecting Bo Nix's career because you ask any Auburn fan how they felt about oh, him my goodness, going back yes. to Oregon <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit more hectic on that so Dillingham really played the part in that new offensive coordinator in from University of Texas San Antonio let's see how he fares I got to get some UCLA talk in. we're here <laughs> UCLA Bruins we got to speak to Chip today which is really cool for like 25 minutes yeah the most media accessible Chip <laughs> Kelly has ever been in our times of covering him. Yeah. It was awesome. I think he's, you know, being more media friendly because he knows he's got a damn good football team. Sure. The front seven's loaded. Liatu Latu is here. You know, a guy that many are predicting with Braylon Trice to maybe lead the Pac-12 in sacks. Ironically, he was at Washington before he came down here. That's right. Yeah. So can you imagine if both those guys were still on the same team? I mean, that is just a fearsome uh, pass rush. Give me your thoughts on the Bruins. I'm going to start with you to my right. Talk to me about what UCLA can bring. Yeah, you know, it's always interesting, not even just the position of quarterback, but as a leader. Whenever you lose someone that's mm-hmm. been a starter for so long, right, talking about DTR, uh, but also, again, back to the theme of the transfer portal, think about how big Zach Charbonnet was for them last Massive. year. Massive. Yeah. You know, so, like, again, you're, that's another uh, big part that you're looking to replace. Now the talent's going to be there, and, you know, sometimes it feels like to me, I'd really be interested to hear what you guys think about this too. That sometimes people forget UCLA is also making this move to the Big Ten. Like yeah. it's not yeah. just USC, mm-hmm. and so I feel like to an extent, you know, while they might not say it, and there's no really way to quantify it, I think UCLA also wants to make that big splash too. You talk about USC wanting to be, you know, hey, our last year in the Pac-12, we were the champions. We're walking out the champs. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, UCLA, I think they want to get that buzz going for them as well too, and in, in you know certain ways. Uh, while they make that move as well. So, uh, no, I think it's going to be really interesting to watch them. And, of course, whenever that cross-city matchup happens later in the year, it's going to be a blast to see. It's going to be fun, man. And people forget, like, they do not have Oregon. They do not have Washington on their regular season schedule. If they can get by Utah week four, it's at Utah. It's a bear of a game. You know, it's not easy to walk into Salt Lake City and get a W. But if they can come out being 4-0, they really only have Oregon State in the way of a USC matchup down the line. So there's a real chance that – not only could they be playing at the end of the season in the rivalry game, they could also be competing for the Pac-12 championship when all is said and done. So UCLA, people are sleeping. What do you think about the Bruins, man? I, I know we talk about them all the time, but yeah. we got we to gotta branch out here a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's give the people what they want. Like, oh, yeah. we're talking about UCLA. You know, it's we talk about this all the time, and we love Chip Kelly, and I think he's such a great coach, and he's even better off the field than he is on the field maybe for that program and for those uh, young student-athletes. But when just talking football, and you can obviously poke back the last year, but if they can just eliminate that like bad loss, sure, eliminate that Arizona loss of last year, it just kills all the momentum. And this is a team that, in my opinion, has the talent, even with not knowing who the quarterback is, that could absolutely be there for Rose Bowl and maybe even 
like playoff aspirations. Yeah. Maybe I, I maybe I'm coming across a little biased, but the defense is the most talented it's ever been under Chip Kelly. I think the fact that Deontay Lynn is the highest paid DC they've ever had at the program says yeah. a lot about what they think about him. He has a lot of veteran coaching around him with Ken Doran Jr. You know, they bring in, uh, you said his name, Grant, I'm not going to try, but the old Navy coach to be kind of a, yes. a senior advisor and just uh, that's such Niamatololo. a huge, yes, Ken Niamatololo. like such a huge addition there. And you asked Chip about it in the scrum and you could see Chip just light up about how, what a, a huge cool addition moment. that is. Yeah. And so if they can just get above decent quarterback play, which I think they can because Garbers is extremely talented. If Dante Moore ends up starting, that just shows what they think of him. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that if they eliminate a bad win, a lot, bad loss, they're absolutely going to be there at the end. They'll yeah. be there at the end, man. I'll say on that note, too, you're talking about coaches. Shout out uh, Cody Whitfield, who is now yes. their, their DB's coach, was my teammate at Stanford. And yes. um, no, I've, I've heard nothing but amazing things. He also, you know, he was on uh, Coach Taylor's staff at yep, Sac State at Sac for a little State, bit, too. Yeah. So, uh, no, so happy for him. He's back at home. I know he's loving it. Love so, that hype. Yeah, shout out Cody. Man, shout out Cody. I'm going to give you guys one more question before we leave. Give me your offensive and defensive player of the years for Pac-12. I'm going to start with you to my right. All right, offensive. Uh, I, again, I think for a lot of reasons that we talked about, Michael Penix is going to be That's my, my pick, offense. yeah. You know, it's uh, the fact of, again, that, that, that continuity, not just with Kalen DeVore coming in, you know, for a second year, but a lot of those weapons that we saw them be really explosive, make a lot of plays down the field with, they're coming back. So that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. And like I said, especially the defense can pick it up even more. I feel like if they can get some more stops here and there, you get more opportunities for Penix to put up even more numbers, is you, you might be looking at a historic season. Yes. Um, and then on the other end of it, I'd say it's going to be a Laiatu Latu. I, I have to go with it. You know it. me, I'm, I'm a pass rush guy at heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, whenever you can bring back a, a double-digit sack guy for another year with all the tools that he has, both, you know, athletically, but then also the, the, his approach to pass rushing, um, you know, I think that that's just something really special, and then, so it can be really dangerous. Yeah, love the picks. Who do you got, Ryder Doug? Yeah, I, I mean, it's going to sound copycat and homerish, but yeah. got to go lot to for defensive. I yeah. uh, heard him talking to media earlier, and his goal is 16 sacks this year. I mean, if he even comes close to that or surpasses it, it's going to be hard not to give it to him. And just his story is, like, hard not to root for, whether you're a UCLA fan or yeah. not. Um, offensively, I mean, I think it's probably going to come down to Kayla Williams, Bo Nix, and Michael Penix Jr., just like it did last year. I think Jaden Delora, if all the off-the-field stuff takes care of itself, yeah. like he's a kind of a sleeper guy that I yeah, love him at Arizona. We didn't talk about Arizona at all. They're kind of my sleeper team as yeah. well. And uh, recruiting class. Yeah, great recruiting class, great transfer class, and he's got a lot of weapons down there. But, you know, unless Caleb takes a huge – I don't want to say step back, but unless they – there's just like the running game is so much more involved. I just can't see him not like being the top guy at the end. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so many talented options. The only thing I'm worried about with Caleb is I think USC is legitimately going to be blowing teams out this year. It's like, yeah. are we going to see Caleb in the second half, knowing that a lot he's of like mouse action? Yeah. Knowing that he is, you know, the closest thing we've had to a guaranteed number one pick since your Trevor Lawrence, you know, a couple of years sure, ago. Yeah. So yeah. like, you know, if they're up 28 nothing going into the third quarter. Odds are we're not going to see him if it's a yeah. game they feel like. I mean, we saw it back. three times last year. So. Exactly, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. so you got call, that option. Bo Nix. My sleeper is Bucky Irving, running back okay. for Oregon. This yeah. guy averaged mm. seven yards a carry, was a menace on the ground. I think they're going to pivot to more of a ground game with Oregon this year. I know they got Bo Nix, but running the football is something that I think Oregon has a really good chance at leading the conference in this year, and Bucky Irving's going to be at the top of that list. Yeah. want to give some running backs love, especially after these got contracts <laughs> yes. coming out. Give, give them love while they can get it. Give, give them some love, love to these running yeah, backs, please. man. So i got to give Bucky Irving some shine there. 
Liatu Latu is my pick. It's UCLA, but some other guys, Mason Cobb. I mean, we talked yeah, about him. Yeah. There's a legitimate case for him being the, maybe the best linebacker, you know, west of Alabama this year in all of college football. I think that's a real case there. Um, and, you know, just Braylon Trice, you know, Washington. Yeah. This guy is, like, legitimately like a top 10, top 15 NFL draft pick a lot of people are talking about. So you can't keep him out of the things. But, boys, I just want to say. The last last yeah, player yeah. I'll mention going back to USC that I don't think is getting enough love, transfer from Arizona, Kion Bars. Mountain of a man, Dude, very big. Justin it. Flo too, if we want to bring him into yeah, the equation, yeah. you know, Oregon transfer. So, but boys, a lot of good players. like this has been a lot of fun. First Pac-12 media day. Absolutely. We want to welcome you out to this man. Thank you. A lot of fun, Ryder Dyer. This is our, probably our last one, unfortunately. <laughs> but we had a blast. See you in Chicago next. Year. Yeah, we'll see you guys at Big Ten Media Day next year. But you know, just such a fun time, and you know, we love coming out here and covering UCLA and USC and everything that goes with the Pac-12. So a lot of gratitude to our final Pac-12 media day. And, fellas, I just hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. We're going to be heading home very soon here. so Enjoy the 115-degree weather. Yeah, no beautiful kidding. Vegas, yeah. man. Hit a, hit a late afternoon pool or something. Bruin Bible, we are officially out. Thompson Robinson, he even went down the sideline, and he's got Cass This is your host, Will Decker, bringing you UCLA football content all throughout the year for LA Football Network.